1: of uh, Tiwongi and uh, Stephen, and also we see Malawi violating its international commitments.
0: Well, the position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting for marine species in particular. African Dialogue, a talk show where we cover anything and everything.
2: It is it's 11 o'clock central time where it is time for. Dialogue. We are on the frequency 9625 kilohertz at the moment, that is on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. Now today on the show we are broadcasting live from the 5th Annual Women in Politics Leadership Conference which is taking place in Johannesburg, South Africa. It will be running for the next two days and we're going to be deliberating with some of the very important delegates who are um, at the conference today. But before we get into that, let's get an update from Newsdesk with Ann Musa.
3: In the headline, civilians in Central African Republic live in fear. UNHCR says Nigerians who are fleeing conflict should not be forcibly returned home. And thousands of Palestinians in Ramallah to celebrate the release of 26 Palestinian political prisoners. Good morning. Civilians in the Central African Republic live in fear and squalid conditions because of the takeover by armed groups in recent months, Director of Operations for the UN Office for the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs, Ocha, John Ging has just returned from a mission to the region. He says half of the 4.6 million people in the Central African Republic are in need of humanitarian assistance, but the number one issue today is protection. He says armed groups are committing indescribable atrocities against the civilian population.
4: They are instilling incredible fear among all communities. What we witnessed when we visited Bosangoa was that both the Muslim community and the Christian community were seeking shelter in the most appalling humanitarian conditions. The Christian community around a church, anything in the order of 35,000 people living in the most squalid conditions because they feared for their lives where armed groups were attacking the innocent women, children and men of their community.
3: The United Nations Refugee Agency, UNHCR, says Nigerians who are fleeing escalating violence and conflict in the northeast of the country should not be forcibly returned home. Conflict between the Nigerian army and insurgents in the northeastern states of Adamawa, Borno, and Yobe has displaced up to 10,000 Nigerians, the majority of whom have fled into neighboring Cameroon, Chad and Niger. UNHCR is urging neighboring countries to keep their borders open for fleeing Nigerians adding that the majority of the displaced may need international protection and humanitarian assistance. Dan McNaughton is UNHCR spokesperson in Geneva.
0: Violence is estimated to have displaced an estimated 5,000 people within the region, but as humanitarian access has been hampered by the attacks, UNHCR believes the actual number of people affected could be significantly higher. UNHCR has also been alarmed at reports of the attempted forced return of 111 people from Cameroon to Nigeria on the 5th of October. They were expelled from a village in the far north region of Cameroon to Adawama State in Nigeria. During this incident, 15 people were killed and another 7 wounded. The remaining 89 individuals immediately fled back to Cameroon and were detained.
3: Several thousand Palestinians have gathered at the Palestinian government headquarters in Ramallah to celebrate the release of 26 long-serving Palestinian political prisoners in Israel. This is part of the current Israeli-Palestinian peace talks deal, Malfrigberg reports. Israel in the early hours
4: of completed the release of 26 long-serving Palestinian prisoners in the second part of a four-stage deal with the Palestinian Authority, brokered at the start of the current round of peace talks. Twenty-one inmates convicted of killing Israelis before the 1993 Oslo Accords were released from Ofer Prison and returned to Ramallah in the West Bank via the Batunia checkpoint. Five prisoners were freed to the Gaza Strip after they set out from the prison earlier in the day to await their release at the area's border crossing.
3: Meanwhile, in South Africa, the KwaZulu-Natal legislature is throwing its support behind international calls for the release of imprisoned Palestinian leader Marwan Bogoti and other political prisoners. A Palestinian delegation is visiting the province today. This follows the signing of a declaration at the weekend at Robben Island with the support of South African struggle icon Ahmed Katharara. Bogoti was arrested in 2002 and given five life sentences for his struggle activities executive director of the Ahmed Kathrada Foundation Nishan Boltman is Bolton rather is accompanying the delegation to meet with KwaZulu-Natal MPs
1: the uh, meeting is with the Speaker of the Provincial Legislature and a delegation from there will meet with the, uh, the delegation from Palestine, essentially to enable the people from Palestine to present the details of the situation with regard to political prisoners in Palestine. They will brief members of the legislature on findings of the Inter-Parliamentary Union, as well as the European Union, who have both called for the release of Marwan Barghouti, that out of this, the, the Provincial Legislature would then be able to take forward the discussion formally into the legislature and hopefully get a resolution of that legislature.
3: Eight people have been killed in Kenya when a train crashed into a passenger bus as it passed through a rail crossing. Several people were injured in the crash. Kenya's Red Cross says 17 casualties have been taken to hospital. Recapping the top stories, civilians in the Central African Republic live in fear. UNHCR says Nigerians who are fleeing conflict should not be forcibly returned home. And thousands of Palestinians in Ramallah to celebrate the release of 26 Palestinian political prisoners. That's the news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. South Africa's Gold Rift City, just outside Johannesburg, is the place to be on the 30th and 31st of this month. It is the host of the fifth Women in Politics Africa conference. Specialists from Uganda to Namibia and from Malawi to Sierra Leone will be there to inform and discuss such topics as being a selfless leader, how women in rural areas can be uplifted, and driving women empowerment with the Millennium Development Goals, to name a few. you cannot make it to the fifth women in politics africa conference don't worry you can join channel africa from 1100 hours to 1400 hours central african time on both the 30th and the 31st as we broadcast live from gulf city so join us for one of the most important african women events of the year channel africa the voice of the african Renaissance. <laughs>
2: Very good morning once again here on African Dialogue. My name is Zikon so Thank you to Ann Musa for that news update just before that break. And as I said on the show today, we are broadcasting live from the 5th Annual Women in Politics Africa Conference, which is, of course, hosted by the Intelligence Treasure Centre. Now, joining me in studio, I do have some of the delegates who are going to be in conversation with me um, around some of the topics which are being discussed here today. Now, today um, on the show, as I said, we are broadcasting live from this 5th annual Women in Politics Conference which is hosted by Intelligence Treasure Center now it, it started this morning it kick started this morning and it is said to conclude uh, tomorrow the conference boasts a number of influential women from across the continent all in the aim to sit and dialogue looking at some of the pressing issues facing the continent we have chosen to zoom in specifically today on rural development as just one of the subjects but of course we will also get a great greater context as to what the conference is all about. And joining me in studio, I'm not alone, I do have with me the Honourable Esther Morungi Mateso, who is a Member of Parliament from Kenya. Good morning, ma'am, and thank you for joining us. Good morning. Also joining us, we have Honourable Malibito Ralibito, who is the Deputy Minister of Home Affairs from Lesotho. Thank you for joining us, and welcome to Channel Africa. Thank you. Now, we are talking about uh, rural development just as a kickstart, as a focal, as a focus area on today's uh, particular program. Uh, Mami Ralebuto, can you just tell us about the way things stand there in Lusutu as we speak with regards to rural development? Well, thank you, Mayor, for the question.
5: But it would need me mm. a bit of time mm. to elaborate on that. Mm. But the long and the short of it is that Uh, women in particular in the rural areas Mm. are having a really hard time Mm. yet they are mothers breadwinners you name it Mm. yet they don't get enough and fair chances of being exposed to issues of development Mm. they play a leading role with the little knowledge that they have i wish there could be ways fast ways of empowering them and giving them access to decision making processes i for one today or tomorrow i'll be talking about mentoring and i see that as a the best way of trying to raise the girl child with the consciousness of knowing that a woman can be a leader. But I see a problem right there already. Because how many women mentors are we talking about, particularly coming from the rural areas? Where can all these processes or exercise be carried out? There are no community centers in the in the rural areas even for those women who ventured out to run for elections in, um, say, community-based uh, organizations. These I'm talking about women who are not so well-read, but who are very, very talented. If given the chance and exposure to such issues, they could grow up to become great, great leaders.
2: Now, let me bring in um, uh, the, the Honorable um, uh, Member of Parliament from Kenya. When in, I mean, She's talking about some of the real um, obstacles that come into play, specifically for women within this sector. How are things in, in your part of the continent?
6: Uh, thank you. I don't think things are any different in the whole of the African continent, but it depends on how each country wants to address it. And what we've done in Kenya is like, you know, we passed the new constitution in 2010 and we have devolved government. So that means that uh, everything is now concentrated in the county government. And what we have said is within this county government, 30% of the county representatives must be women. And where these were not elected they have to be nominated. So we are making a, a positive move into making sure that the women are there. The other thing that uh, we have done in the current government is to say that within our procurement act, because we realize that one of the biggest handicap is women having not the financial resources to do the campaigns, to do whatever... We have to have women procuring regardless of their status of education or whatever. And that has now become a law that for every procurement that is done, 30% must be procured by women. That is government procurement. Uh, In Kenya is, uh, I would say, an interesting country. Because in some places you'll find that, um, for example, where I come from, in fact, we are accused that we women have become so aggressive Mm. to the detriment of the men. And now the men are saying, we must now start voicing the voice of the boy child must be heard, as opposed to the voice of the girl child. Mm. But you go to other places and you find the girl does not even go to school, because we have issues of early marriages. They marry them as as young as eight, nine. There is the female genital mutilation, which is a violation and uh, an abuse to the women. So it varies from one, one area to the other.
2: So you were gasping when she was mentioning you know, just the ages that um, uh, the young women, and I mean, I know that we are focusing on real development but I can sense you know, that it is these are layered issues and as um, uh, the Honorable um, uh, Member of Parliament from Kenya was saying that all of these things are interlinked in terms of the development that can take place. Mm. It also stems from some of the opportunities that are given to young women. Now, you were gasping when she was talking about young women getting married at the ages of 8 and 9. Yes, I am,
5: because maybe things are not so good in Lesotho, but uh, I'm not aware of, a, mm. a, of any of rural that kind of... area where young women get married at that age. But... What is rampant, it's rape Mm. and harassment.
2: We'll touch on some of yes. those issues just a little bit yes. later on. But and, and on our focus area, which is the rural development, because most of the women who do not have um, these fair chances, like you mentioned, um, Mera Libito earlier, on do stem from these areas themselves. Now, what um, a platform like this, like this fifth um, annual conference which you're having today, what sort of a platform does it actually give for women like you, you know, from different parts of the continent? What opportunities does it actually give towards the advancement of some of these obstacles which you have both highlighted. I'm going to move over to Esther.
6: I think it it really opens up for me the areas that I need to go back home and start addressing. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, it is very clear. Like I've said, we have the early marriages. So that is an area where you have to go back and really put my focus on and talk with the women, the girls, to, to ensure that they pursue their education as opposed to getting married have to be able to talk to parents so that the female genital does not is, is no longer done because the minute it is done it means this girl is considered as mature therefore she can get a husband the other thing that we are doing is we are saying that 80% of the pro- production that is agriculture because Kenya is an agricultural country is actually done by the women mm-hmm. but the woman does not have access to whatever is uh, obtained or, or gotten. Why is that the issue? It's an issue because they don't hold the title deeds.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Out of all the title deeds in Kenya only one percent is owned by women. The other, The 99 percent is actually by men. Mm-hmm. So if it's coffee, you pick the coffee You take it to the factory, you tether it, but when it comes to paying, the cheque is not in your name, it's in your husband's name. So you have no say in that money, and yet you have contributed 80% to producing that. You do the same to tea.
2: Now, both of you, as you join us, you know, in studio, I mean, well, live from the conference in itself today, um, you are both in influential positions where you can actually, you know, make that impact or actually spearhead uh, some of the things that you you were talking about. You're highlighting some of the obstacles. And Mera Libits, I mean, you're hearing some of the issues that, you know, come to play with regards to advancement of women within the rural sector. She's talking about, I mean, Kenya being an agricultural um, country in itself, and a lot of the women are actually the ones that are doing the groundwork, but they're not really reaping those uh, rewards, so to speak. How do we then uh, sort of start to move towards that advancement for these women in that regard, in your country specifically, and what can you do as you are in the position that you are in? Thank you, May. And uh, we also,
5: in Lesotho, mm. uh, we engage a lot in into agriculture, mm. and we encounter almost the same problem. Mm. And uh, from the, my point of view, what I could do as of today would be to see to it that woman empowerment comes first and foremost. Because like May I say it correctly, we do the labor, we are the labor force. Mm-hmm. But uh, when it comes to the final, you know, the fi- the, the, the money part of it, We have no say in that. So, first, I think one of the things one could do when I I get home is to say to it that women believe in themselves. Mm. Women start fighting for their rights because the patriarchal structure is the thing that causes all this trouble. Mm. In my paper, I'm saying women are to be seen, not to be heard. But this time, we want to say they have started already. But we should put more fire into it. Mm -hmm. Let our women be assertive. Let our women be supportive of each other. Mm -hmm. Because the worst problem is that we are our own enemy. If we first can fight against that, then empowerment will be the talk of the day. Once we believe in ourselves, once we believe that we are capable of doing everything that a man does in the field, Because actually that's what we do. Mm. And then we could say the final product. Let it come to us. Let's have a say into that. Decision making. What are we going to do with this money? What do we plan to do next year and the year after? And then come up with new ideas and live out the old style of plowing the fields, live out the old style of letting all the soot water run off like that to South Africa without us using it without us making irrigation skins. And this should be
2: women to run the show. Well, those are just some of the recommendations coming through from the Honourable Malibito Ralebito, who is the Deputy Minister of the Home Affairs in Lesotho, but she's very well inclined on her rural development issues and agricultural issues. Also joining us on the show, we've got the Honourable Esther Murungi Matega, who is the Member of Parliament in Kenya. Very influential woman joining us on the show here on African Dialogue. Time has just gone 22 minutes after 11 here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Ziko Anami, so we're going to move to a short break. We'll come back after this.
1: This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet, and satellite. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese, and Chinyanja, informing the world about Africa. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.
2: Welcome back to African Dialogue here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Zika Namiso and I'm here until the top of the hour. We are broadcasting live today from the 5th Annual Women in Politics Africa Conference which is of course hosted by the Intelligence Transference Centre here in Johannesburg South Africa. Joining me on the show I've got two dignitaries here, the Deputy Minister of Home Affairs in Lesotho as well as a Member of Parliament in Kenya. Now before we went to that break. I mean, we were really delving into the issues, or rather the obstacles that are inhibiting a woman advancing um, within the rural development sector or the agricultural sector as a whole and uh, mentioned something very interesting which she spoke about a woman not really um, uh, empowering, she used the word enemy (laughs) that we are enemies to um, each other as women specifically now when you are at a conference like this with a whole lot of women that are here I mean uh, not too long ago on the show uh, we were discussing women in science specifically and I find it interesting that this keeps coming up you know, women being enemies to one another The ladies there, uh, the one lady even coined it as the Queen Bee Syndrome Which she explains as the woman who is in charge, you know, feels very important And then forgets about everybody else yeah. Now, how does this then impact Maestra, uh, uh, into um, some of these fields Specifically, I mean, looking into agriculture and other forms of development of women specifically
6: Okay when you would say the the, the big queen, queen bee. <laughs> I also think of the drama queen, yes. and we are all often referred to as the drama queens mm. once we get into politics mm. and we try to forget the women that we left behind them. And one of the things that we in Kenya have decided to do is uh, because of the issue, I said that 1% of the title deeds are actually owned by men, mm. which means that women cannot walk into a bank and borrow any money because they have no title. Mm. They need to go with the husband, and most likely the husband will not want whatever project the woman is doing. Mm. So we created a fad, which is called women Enterprise Fad.
2: Mm.
6: And for this, you don't need a title. You just need another four women to go with you, to be your guarantor, and your idea can start to grow. So that you can move from being just a laborer into a producer and into somebody who can do value addition of whatever is produced. And is working very well in a lot of the communities. Mm. But I want to say that uh, women, we have a long, long way to go. And we need to focus and work together. Because unless we work together, we are not going to make it. We need each other in order to achieve what we want to achieve. And I always imagine I'm in a parliament where we are 390 members of parliament. And the the women members of parliament are just about uh, 70. Mm. And uh, even amongst ourselves, I find sometimes we are in conflict for something that could have helped a woman in the village and yet we need to, to be together so that we can help that woman who has not been able to reach where we have reached. Mm-hmm. When it comes to men, and I remember hearing it once when I was in one of the meetings here, one of the presenters here said mm. when the men even go to the urinals, mm. they start discussing mm. th- things that they are going to do. Us as women, when do we discuss things that we are going to do for each other? Hardly. So we, <laughs> ne- to we, say, we need like to, to start discussing. <laughs> in fact, he told us men go in the urinals and as they are doing their thing, they are saying, so you know, w-
2: to the bathroom we when you go
6: to the bathroom to do our makeup, <laughs> let's also start saying this is what we need to do to help that woman who we left, my mother, my grandmother, my auntie. That woman who was not able perhaps to get the the education that I was able to get, what can I do to help her? And I think it is us women politicians who have to do this. It is not those women who are there. We need to build them. And even when we say that women, we are the enemies of each other, to a certain extent we are. Mm -hmm. But I believe that we as women politicians deserve it Because once we get where we are, we tend to forget where we came from. And we need to be reminded every other day that we came from there. And the minute we do that, we can start pulling the other women from the ground to our level, so that we can all be together up there.
2: Well, that is the voice of the Honourable Esther murungi a Member of Parliament in Kenya, here at the 5th Annual Women in Politics um, Africa Conference, which is, of course, hosted by the Intelligence Transfer Centre here in Johannesburg, South Africa. Now, where we are talking here. Yeah, you are more than welcome to join in on the discussion. If you are interested, please do find us on Twitter. Tweet us at Channel Africa one using the hashtag African Dialogue, or you can always find us on our Facebook page. There you will find... Africa. Also, you're more than welcome to visit our webpage, which is www.channelafrica.org. The Intelligence Transfer Centre also does host, you know, a number of uh, conferences much like this. And if you or somebody listening out there and you're really interested, you know, in learning more about some of the delegates that are here or some of the conferences which are to come and those that have passed, you can go on their webpage, which is www.intelligencetransferc.co.za. It's www www.intelligencetransferc.co.za My name is Zeke Connor Miso and I'm joined by very important ladies on the show today. Now, Mera Libutso, we were talking about, um, about uh, women being enemies. We've really delved into quite a number of issues, you know, not mm. shying away, all-encompassing, you know, and adding to our main focus, which is the agricultural sector. Now, for you, I mean, uh, um, Ms. miss Mateke here was telling us about you, as women who are actually in politics, are re- really have an important role you know, in this regard. As much as you highlight some of the issues, you have an important role in terms of spearheading uh, some of the changes that are to be made. Earlier, I had the opportunity to listen in on just some of the discussions, and you asked a very critical question. You were asking, I mean, uh, you were talking about women having harp. Half- been harping at women empowerment issues for a while now and there hasn't really been any change. Why is this the case and how can platforms like this really um, assist in terms of movement in that direction? There hasn't been any change or inclusion of whatever has
5: been done, whatever has been constitutionalized, I mean legitimized. They, we talk women like me who has been in this for the longest time. They have brought up beautiful, effective, perfect recommendations. But how many of that, how many of those have ever been included mm-hmm. in our constitutions as, as African countries? How many? How, maybe, not maybe. The thing is, this is a man's world. Who cares about what we say? If we are our own enemies ourselves, who will push our our agenda? Meesa brought up a very beautiful, wonderful point of being Mm -hmm. of Ubuntu. Mm -hmm. As women, we are teachers. We are the people who teach everybody everything in the family. Mm -hmm. The cradle of everything, of civilization. Of civilization is in the family we are the women who teach people ubuntu you should have listened to her talk about that i'm sure you did but where is that we should be using that as women as as our weapon let's use that as our weapon try to to negotiate try to enforce try to be as strong and as demanding as we can to our, our male male counterparts make sure that whatever recommendations are made in gatherings like that are included in our constitutions so that they are able to be implemented. It it doesn't help to be talking talking and talking for years and years without showing, without testing ground to see if what we are discussing is actually being put on the ground
2: and is actually bringing change. Now, is is it really... Realistic? Um, How realistic is that um, cry from Mera Libito there around, you know, really incorporating some of the discussions that are here into the constitutions of uh, the countries across the continent?
6: Well, it depends on at what stage you are with the constitution. I would say for Kenya, we've been a bit lucky Mm -hmm. because we did the new constitution in the year 2010 and we were able to incorporate a lot of these things. And what also with a bit of trouble, Mm -hmm. because we said that in parliament, a third of the members of parliament must be women. But we didn't get that number. Mm -hmm. So, what we did, we said, if that doesn't work, what is the alternative? And we said, because we created 47 counties, we must have women representatives from every county to come to parliament as members of parliament. So we were able to almost reach the one-third. The other thing that we did, we have said, for every parliamentary committee, if the chairman is a man, the deputy must be a woman, and out of the, the 27 committees, a third, must be headed by women, and I'm happy to say that this is working. Mm -hmm. And when it doesn't work, that is when we women, we don't even care what political party you belong to, we (laughs) scream, we (laughs) make noise, and it happens.
2: Now, May, it's not your first time that you're coming to this uh, specific uh, conference, Um, uh, as as I understand it's your second time that you've been here. Oh, you've had quite a number of times. <laughs> <laughs> I've been here many times. Yeah. Well, I mean, how, what kind of, of, of outcomes um, have you had from um, coming to this conference? And I'll come to you, Madeline bit and also ask you about your expectations moving forward as we get ready uh, to wrap up. One thing is every time I
6: come here, I tell you I go home with something that I have learned. I've told you the issue of, of men talking in the uranus. And every time I catch a woman going to the ladies, I go there. (laughs) And if I have an issue, I make sure we discuss it. I have also had the, when we came here last year, we had a lady from Risoda, a minister of uh, youth. And she said, we have to be drama queens, whatever these people think. And when I went back, I decided to be a drama queen. And I can tell you, I was called everything, but I said, I remember. That member of parliament, the minister said, let's be drama queens. And I said, I will be a drama queen as long as my point is driven home. Mm -hmm. And I find that works. And I have found that when you believe in an issue, it does
2: not matter. Just go out there, say it the way you know how to say it. Well, with that, we're going to move to a short break. That was uh, uh, Esther Murungi Matega, member of parliament in uh, Kenya, talking about women Meeting themselves in the bathroom Having those <laughs> chats and talking about These important issues that affect Everybody on the continent I can see the Deputy Home Affairs of Lesotho is really having A fun time here <laughs> She's really having a good laugh with that Specific recommendation Well that brings us almost 20 minutes before the top of the hour And that of course means that we don't have Much time left on our discussion If you've just joined us we are at the 5th Annual uh, Women in Politics Africa Conference which is uh, hosted By the Intelligence Transfer Center center here in Johannesburg, South Africa. My name is Zikonomi. So this is African Dialogue. Moving to a short break. We'll be back after this.
1: This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese, and Chinyanja, informing the world about Africa. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.
2: Welcome back to African Dialogue here on Channel Africa. I think I've started a dialogue. The ladies are having their own dialogue when we're having our break. So I think we have, as Channel Africa, also kick-started those chats between Lesotho and Kenya here on African Dialogue. My name is Zikon Amiso. You're more than welcome to join in on the discussion. The conference does conclude tomorrow, so there will be quite a number of deliberations around women issues specifically and, of course, on the continent. So you're more than welcome to send those questions and those comments through. We'll be coming back uh, tomorrow to the conference, so we'll be able to pose those questions, even though we don't have much time left on the show today, but we will be back tomorrow. So find us on Twitter, tweet us at Channel Africa 1 using the hashtag African Dialogue or you can find us on Facebook on our fan page which is Channel Africa. If you're not too inclined to the social networks you can also SMS us here on Channel Africa or visit our webpage which is www.channelafrica.org Now before the break, uh, Mayor Esther was telling us about her um, experience which she has had, I mean coming stemming from having a conference of this nature with women from across the continent. Now Mayor so for you, it's your first time. What are some of the expectations that you have? It's the first day today. Tomorrow is the last leg, and we will mm-hmm. be here to get uh, that wrap-up and hear mm-hmm. what some of the uh, uh, deliberations were all about. But your expectations?
5: My, my expectations, my um that after tomorrow, I will have gathered a lot of information such that when I get home, I'll be able to enlighten my folks to see to it that we start as early as possible to implement whatever ideas I'll have collected mm-hmm. from this conference. Implement them and start firstly with the girl child. In Sisoto, we have a saying that Tuba it means, in summary, mm. you start educating your children as early as you can before they get old, and because as they grow, mm. you might break them. That is the what it means. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the idea. So, because if we start early, implementing, like I said, all the ideas, like the one man has just brought you go to the bathroom, you follow your your, your, your follow fellow woman politician and share ideas. And if we share these beautiful ideas and recommendations, all the women in here and men, of course, that they are making, I, I'm sure that the day will soon shine. Light will soon shine in, Le, in Lesotho. And old as I am, I mean, I'll work day and night. And basically, I joined in politics this for the 2012 general elections, mainly to offer a hand in the development of my country. I said, please, God, let me in because I'm old. I need to show something when I get to your table someday. So this is what I'm going to say to it. And hopefully all the women folks who were in government will get to support me and even share, like I said. Remember, ladies, take the slightest chance to share ideas. If I go to the bathroom, follow me, I will do the same. <laughs> and and uh, I always said I was sharing with men here that it's ter- it's sad because according to our cultural practices, We can't go to the open bars and talk with other women in the bar and uh, having smoke and Uh everything, shouting to top of our voices. We can't do that. That is why women also tend to lose to win support. Mm -hmm. They cannot win support for votes, they can win financial support because we don't go to the bars, open bars, and talk. Everybody will frown in the village, and they will turn against you. They will say, "I'm not going to vote for, her, for for that old woman, She talks in bars with men. That's a well, barrier."
2: Well, with that, that is uh, the Honorable Malevizor Alevizor, Deputy Minister of Home Affairs in the really coming up with some interesting ideas as to how women can really get into dialogue with one another around these issues. We were talking about agriculture earlier on, really hearing uh, from the Kenyan Member of Parliament, the Honorable Esther murungi Matese, telling us about uh, the women actually not really having a real hand into uh, some of reaping the rewards in the agricultural sector in that specific uh, country. But but with that, I think it does uh, bring us to the end of today's program. Unfortunately, I know that there's a lot that we can discuss on. But I'll just give you, um, just a last opportunity to give your closing remarks as we wrap up. Uh, I always look
6: forward to coming to Intelligence Transfer Center. And actually, it leads to its name. Every time I come, I go home with something new, and I'm not shy to practice whatever I get here so that I can see whether I'm improving on what I've gotten here. So I'm hoping this time round I'm going to get something else that I can carry forward and uh, practice.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you very much to the Honorable Esther Murungi-Matesa, member of parliament in Kenya, as well as the Honorable Malibitsu, Deputy Minister of Home Affairs in the city for joining us on the show. Very interesting discussion, very interesting recommendations that have also come out of this uh, particular discussion, but also some important factors specifically from those uh, two countries and of course some of the dialogue that takes place here at this particular conference. We are broadcasting live from the fifth annual Women in Politics conference, which is hosted by the Intelligence Transfer Center here in Johannesburg, South Africa. My name is Ziko So You tuned in to African Dialogue. Thank you very much, ladies, for joining us. We do appreciate it. We will be back at the conference tomorrow to get a roundup of exactly what it is that has been discussed here. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us.
5: Thank you. Thank you, too.
2: <laughs> well, with that, it is time for us to check what's happening in our economics with Wisani Matebula.
1: This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese and Chinyanja. Informing the world about Africa. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.
0: Good afternoon, I'm Wisani Matebula with your economics news. South African companies have vowed to help the reconstruction process of the Democratic Republic of Congo. Hundreds of local business people have accompanied President Jacob Zuma on his two-day visit to the DRC. Black Business Council official in South Africa's Businessman of the Year, Bongani Mabizela, says there is hope that business opportunities in the DRC are in the offing.
1: I'm very hopeful moving forward. The deliberations that took place today were very promising gave us a lot of hope, and also there is a wide variety of scope insofar as business opportunities that currently exist within the country. Now, of course, it has to be very good win-win situation insofar as these arrangements are concerned, and we believe very strongly as business that moving forward we're going to foster good relations with local companies for their benefit, for our benefit, and also for them as well to benefit in other business opportunities that might avail themselves in our country.
0: Meanwhile, South African President Jacob Zuma says he is confident that local companies who invest in the DRC will be successful. The project is also set to create over 15,000 job opportunities. Zuma explains. President Kabila
1: and I are confident that the caliber of business delegates present here will participate in the improvement of the DRC's economic landscape, applaud South African companies that have already invested in the DRC.
0: Heads of states and business and development experts from across the world are attending the Mining Investment Solutions uh, Conference in Johannesburg. They're discussing regional integration and its role in boosting economic growth and human well being on the continent. Addressing delegates at the conference, SIM Global Mining Head Koki Koyman, shared what he considers the biggest challenges facing the mining industry in Africa which means that we import more than we export, and mining is 68% of our exports. So mining is very, very important. Secondly, you've got a very big unemployment base, and you've got very poorly educated labour, which is internationally very expensive. So if you look at what's been happening this year, then it's almost you know, the unthinkable that you've got mining being important but being held to ransom by a very expensive labour force. Libya's oil crisis has deepened after protesters blocking western fields, shunned talks between the government and locals. Locals have denied that an eastern terminal would reopen, frustrating government efforts to earn three months of disruptions. Libya's oil exports have dropped to less than 10% of capacity, or 90,000 barrels per day, as renewed protests this week halted operations at western ports and oil fields supporting global oil prices. Gold has slipped further below 5-week highs as investors tend jittery waiting for the end of a Federal Reserve policy meeting that may throw more light on the outlook for the U.S. central bank's bullion-friendly stimulus measures. Gold has gained about 7% from a three-month low heat on hopes that the weak U.S. data and the repercussions of budget battles in Washington will prompt the Federal Reserve to delay the dwindling and the winding down of its $85 billion monthly bond repurchases. Some analysts say expectations that the Federal will push back its peppering of the stimulus are already priced in, so gold may not end the year much higher than current levels. Financial indicators: The US dollar trading at nine point eight five South African rand at eight point three two Botswana Pudas and five point three eight Zambian kwachas. Also trading at zero point six two to the British pound and zero point seven two to the euro. Commodities: uh, Gold one thousand three hundred forty three dollars, platinum one thousand four hundred fifty four dollars a finance and the price of uh, Brent crude oil one hundred and seven dollars sixty cents per barrel. And that's your economics news.
1: Now sports update this hour, kicking off with football news. Nigeria have qualified for the quarterfinals of the FIFA Under-17 World Cup. The Golden Eagles beat Iran 4-1 in a round of 16 match at the Khalifa Bin Zayed Stadium in Al Ain City in the United Arab Emirates on Tuesday. Three-time champions, Nigeria had no trouble with Iran racking up three goals in the first half en route to a 4-1 scoreline. The result sets up a quarterfinal date for the Nigerians with Uruguay. Here's Channel Africa's Tony Barney with the reaction back home. The Golden Eagles continue to work stronger. You know, of course, uh, you have beaten all opponents so far in the competition, and Nigerians back home are indeed grateful for the performance
0: of these young lads. And.